girl, love the mess. I watch the swirl of smoke from candles burning. While Mary looked up yearning, I got confirmed and I confessed. I really felt that I was blessed. Plus, I love my uniform. So did the boy who lived next door. But something changed when I became of age. And all those things I thought were true, someday I'd break the big time. Hello and welcome to the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour on WOZO Radio 103.9 LPFM right here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Today is April 18th, 2021. I'm Larry Rhodes, or Doubter 5, and as usual, we have our co-host Wombat on the line with us. Hello, Wombat. It's the Wombat. It sounds more like a wolf. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm figuring it out. I'm figuring it out. Our guests today are Doubtfire, George Brooklyn. And Dread Pirate Higgs. Hello, all. Hi. Digital Free Thought Radio Hour is a talk radio show about atheism, free thought, rational thought, humanism, and the sciences. And conversely, we'll also talk about religion, religious faiths, gods, holy books, and superstition. So buckle up. (laughs) What's our topic today there, Wombat? I have two topics. One, we're going to catch up, and then we're going to double dip. Before we get into any more details about that, I'll throw it up to our own Dread Pirate Higgs for a weekly invocation. Perfect. So I'm going to read the uh, invocation given by Barrett Fletcher at the Kenai Peninsula Borough Assembly in Alaska. This was delivered uh, sometime in September uh, 2019. And here it goes. So I am called to invoke the power of the true inebriated creator of the universe the drunken tolerator of all the lesser and more recent gods and maintainer of gravity here on earth. May the great flying spaghetti monster rouse himself from his stupor and let his noodly appendages ground each assembly member in their seats. Raw. Amen. I thought we were going to say Bacchus. I thought he was going to talk about Bacchus there, the god of wine. Or Cthulhu (laughs) at this point. Uh, Dredd, I really like your headband. What's going on there? Well, this is, I was uh, was in, you may recall I had talked to you about being asked to go in with my uh, tricorn to get my license renewed. Um, which I did, and then they promptly sent me a letter saying that it wasn't allowed. Um, and so, of course, I had a temporary paper uh, license that, uh, you know, I, I had to go get renewed and get another photo taken. So as it turns out, uh, through a little investigation, I realized that uh, ICBC actually has accommodation for people wearing head accessories. So not okay. head coverings, but head accessories. Okay. And so working with uh, some fellow Pastafarians here, we came up with this headband, which exactly conforms, not as a religious head covering, but as a, an allowed and acceptable head accessory. Okay. And, and so I, I went to the driver's license service thing, and um, they actually kind of put up a fuss for a while, but I had in my hand the actual, um, <laughs> the actual sheet of paper. Which shows, oh, look at that. And this is printed by ICBC, right? So uh-huh. I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. handed it to him. I said, look, I conform to the uh, acceptable standards for head 
for head uh, accessories, take my photo. And so I'm going to see here probably in a week or so um, what they do. But what, uh, is, what is ICBC? Oh, sorry. That's the Insurance Corporation of British Columbia, which is the, uh, the, um, the government uh, crown corporation that is responsible for driver's licenses and, uh, and for uh, health cards. As so it's, it's like our Motor Vehicle Bureau? It's like our DMV. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so any fuss that I get from them, um, yeah. we're going to have other people go in wearing similar uh, headbands or head accessories with like a Jesus fish or you know, perhaps <laughs> some sort of a Sikh symbol. Um, just so that if they argue uh, we don't allow symbols, you know, I don't know, we're just making a fuss. Okay, great. But hold on. Did they actually take your picture or not? They took your picture for a license. Yep. Good. It's Good. whether or not they're going to allow it. That's the thing. Yeah. I, what I, do you I mean? I am getting so, a letter. So I'm not aware of the process. You mean they can take a picture, give you a license, and then rebuke it after the fact? So what they do is the picture goes to review. Oh, and I, so right now I'm sitting here with a paper copy. And I've been doing this since 2016. So it's been a while since sure. I've had... A, a photo ID driver's license. Um, but as you know, I have other forms of ID that, uh, like my firearms license, that do, de uh, do depict me with my, uh, with my holy tricorn. So. Just as a quick update for anyone listening, um, Dredd doesn't own a gun. His arms literally turn into fire. So <laughs> that's, that's the Canadian version of firearms, just letting you know. But uh, anyway, Dredd, so you will get a, essentially a letter saying, yeah, we accept this. You're good to go. Here's your full-on license in the mail. Yeah. Here's your actual so and right. essentially what we're trying right. to do is, is let them paint themselves into a corner out of which they can't get out of unless they get their feet all wet and sticky. Sure. Because if they say you can allow headbands, but and even allow Christian iconography headbands, exactly. then what the hell or excuse me, what the smeg is going on <laughs> <laughs> otherwise. Oh I cross exactly. into that line. But it's that, so silly that I get upset. But yeah, Larry, what do you got? Doesn't Canada have an official religion? Well uh, of course because we are um a commonwealth country, uh we fall under the Queen. Um, whose religion, of course, is the Church of England. So um, it is a de facto state religion, uh, although our uh, Charter of Rights and Freedoms, um, you know, gives uh, certainly lip service to the idea that the freedom of uh, expression of religion or voice of religion is uh, a guaranteed right. But Oops, clearly there are exceptions to that rule. Yeah, right? not an exclusive religion. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott, I knew a I knew a guy who really loved to eat Canadian ba uh, bacon. He was a real ham. <laughs> Scott, it. we'll throw it up to you. Throw it up to you. How you been? What's going on with you? Missed Doing you last okay, week. Man. How you been? Yeah, last week I um I uh, took a plane, a pink airplane, and cool. flew down to Tampa, Florida, to visit my cousin. Yeah, it was a real good time. I've never been to Tampa, Florida, so I got a chance to check it out, and it's a really nice place. Mm -hmm. I imagine Florida, actually. Yeah, I've never actually. I think I have been to Florida, but only driving through it. There's this really oh. weird route that takes you into Florida and back up into Georgia again. That's the only time I've ever been to Florida, 
Uh, it is it is as south as America gets, but it, it is like so insanely south that it doesn't feel like the south anymore. It's very bizarre. It's very bizarre. It's like yeah. California. California is to the west of the west. You know, the west is east yeah. of California. To yeah. Me. Yeah. 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 You, know? yeah. And you grew up. Place. You grew up there, Tyrone. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got used to it. I got I did used to it. Uh, I think as soon as I moved out of California, it was like, oh, no, where are all the Mexicans? I feel naked. <laughs> I mean, and why is the food so much worse here? Okay, but there's... But, uh, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, Scott, any cool things that you'd recommend that we check out if we go to Tampa, Florida anytime soon? Um, wow. So I would go... I would definitely hit the beach scene. That's what we did. We nice. went to the boardwalk um it's such a big it's a lot bigger than i imagined it was going to be it's it's really a huge place and it just go and it's a really clean um you know it's not like where i'm staying like i'm living in florida now but i'm in another town and here's like a uh you know a church on every corner a liquor store on every corner you know it's one of those kind of towns sure um but tampa is more modernize it looks like yeah. irvine california it's yeah. like really scenic really beautiful the people are cool it seems pretty progressive you know it's a cool place i'm thinking about it's a metropolis i'm thinking yeah very metropolis yeah. yeah i think it's a function when you start bringing in people from different places to work mm-hmm. and be around each other the mm-hmm. dogmatic attitudes fall away and like this idea of like, oh, we got to all work together. We're all different. It's not that big of a deal. We have a common value and common worth. Yeah, of course. This is our new standard. That takes a hold every single time. That's my Atlanta. I love that opinion. kind of. Yeah. I love Atlanta, that atmosphere. That yeah. Yeah. Yep. Or like New York, New York, for example. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And then you drive up to like Rochester or just like 50 miles out of like New York proper. And you're like, whoa, this is just woods. <laughs> and people with shotguns. What in the world is going on? Uh, Larry, I'll throw it up to you next. How you been? What's going on with you? Don't say Facebooking and trolling. What's going on? Oh, I don't troll. Uh, I I do argue with people on Facebook. I do a lot of that. <laughs> um, I'm a member of a lot of atheist slash theist debate sites. So I spend a lot of time talking about certain topics and referencing material that I know about to help. Sure. But, um, I spend about as much time playing computer games. So, yeah. What do you I, do? I, see, you, I see you online quite often. Oh, oh I'm on there a lot. Um, I'm seven, I'll am i turn 71 next month. So no. I'm, I'm in, enjoying retirement. In three years, you can run for president. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll think about it for three years, and then I'll let you know. Okay, okay, I know. That's what Biden says, too. He was like, oh, I'll let you know. Uh, Larry, I don't really have a stomach for talking to people or arguing online, and I found this website called Discord. There's a SE server in Discord, and you would uh, you would hope that it'd be mostly people that want to talk about, like, the nature of, like, how to talk to people and have reliable conversations. Yeah. And, I've, and that used to be how it was, but, like, I haven't been in that site in, in quite some time, and now it's sort of devolved into a say something so I can argue with it in the worst, most frustrating way possible. And he was just like, uh, there was a guy who was like, um, so, you know, intelligence is entirely genetically inherited. And I'm like, how did you find the citation for that? It's like, no, but I think it is. 
if you have smart parents, you're going to have a smart kid. I'm like, don't you think there are like environmental factors that play into that hormones that might play into that? Like how the kids raise, what schools do they go to? Like, can't they develop? It's like, no, it's just genes, dude. It's like, which genes? I have a suspicion that it's some genes, but I don't have to pull the genes out. Let me try to ask you. It's like, oh, this is so frustrating. Why why can't I just say you're wrong? <laughs> you believe it and then you look it up yeah. and we can be fine with it. Yeah, I think uh, we can all agree that maturity is not a requirement for debating on Facebook. Yeah, right. Discord, oh, Facebook. Yeah. I just don't have a stomach for it, though. Yeah. I don't know if I can. I don't know if it's worth developing one or if I should just find a better audience. And I found like the best audiences I found have not been over the Internet, but have been like outside because outside people tend to just be a little bit more. Well, they're not anonymous. Nicer. They're, they're not, not anonymous. They're right in front of you, and they have to own what they say. Respectful. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's it. That's it. Plus, they have to have an inclination to not stay indoors all the time, which seems to foster the worst echo chambers. Being outside and talking to people tend to be the best sort of people that you can talk to. So, hey, if you want to talk to people, go outside and talk to people. There's higher standards of conversation out there. It doesn't mean that it's bad if you only talk indoors. Go outside and talk to somebody. You can do it. Uh, George Brown. Talk to me. How you been? That's a great shirt that you got on. Did you put it on just for this radio show? I did, in fact. It's hiding. Beautiful. The, it's hiding the shirt that's under it. <laughs> Our listeners, <laughs> you have to you have to imagine George in like the most beautiful, decadent colored shirt possible. George, how you been? What's going on? Your shoulders good. You got double shots from vaccines. You're looking healthier than ever. You got black hairs now again. What's up? You're regressing in age. Yeah, well, um, gee whiz, I hope so. <laughs> I'm a lot older than Larry is, actually. I'm afraid to say how old I am. Oh, but um, uh, I am discovering the joys of physical exercise. Nice. So I'm, fi- I'm finding, you know, that, that it's, what, what is this called? The, the body is the, the, is the temple of something? Uh, the body is the uh, to God and religion. religion. Yeah. But, uh, when I get old enough, I might start exercising too. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I had to drive to Knoxville to see a medical specialist last week. And to me, uh, driving, driving in Knoxville is horrible. It's, it's like, you know, and I'm used to driving in New York City and in the San Francisco area. And, yeah. and to me, it's like driving in Knoxville is horrible. It's worse. No. Than, yeah. Because no. when they rear end you, they actually get out of their car to apologize. That's, that's <laughs> well, I haven't been rear ended. I'm just talking about the confusion at 60 miles an hour. Ah, okay. Mm. Okay. The signs are awful. Like the signs in New York City are terrible, too, on, on the highways. Sure. I think, what is it? You just stay off College Drive. That's the only thing you have to do. Isn't that the, the monitor? Well, I was going to the University of Tennessee Medical yeah, Center. Yeah, you got to stay away. That's the road you stay away from. That's <laughs> You stay away from all the roads that lead to the university. Because they're but all I had to, I had to, That's where I had to go. You walk. You walk. <laughs> that's how you get there. You walk. You walk the bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't drive to the university university or else you'll be parking in the middle of the street in the middle of the universe especially during a game you'll never get anywhere you'll never get well anywhere. i went on i went on uh, for the first time to be really serious about this i went on google street view mm-hmm. and drove my way around the 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 roads on the campus over and over and over and over again and nice. i saw a sign that 
let me know that nobody else know, told me that it costs $2 to get out of there. Wow. You have, you have to pay crazy. an exit toll <clears throat> okay. to leave in your car. But what it didn't say on Google Earth mm. or Google Street View is that the view is old. And the price has been raised. Oh, that's funny. $3. Yeah, that's so. funny. I, I used, did my postdoc at the University of uh, Knoxville at UT, uh, University of Tennessee. And what's yeah. funny is my the first time I got there, I knew the building that I'd be working at was in the small veterinary building. And so I drove up to the building that says small veterinary building because there's a lot of veterinarian stuff there. There's a lot of agriculture taught there, right? And our, or like big animal testing but the funny thing was is there's a small veterinary building and then a big small veterinary building and by and by that they refer to the animal size it's not the size of the building it's the size <laughs> of the animal that they're describing it by and so okay. when they said oh it's in the small veterinary building i thought oh i should look for a sign that says that it's like no you should look for the sign that says we work on small animal buildings which is actually the bigger veterinary building and the small veterinary building is for the big animals and i'm like this makes no sense but I found where I needed to work. Long story short. But yeah, signs are very confusing and stay away from the campuses if you're in a car. That's your pro tip for all the Knoxvilleans out there. Yeah. Uh, guys, I had a really good weekend. I'm having a good weekend so far. Yesterday, I did my first sign language SE session. I, I walked into a meetup group that was hosted in New York, had a bunch of people from all around the country. It was about maybe 30-ish people all together and we did breakout rooms to just chat with each other. It's basically like, hey, if you're deaf and you're looking for a community, especially with COVID, come in this, come into this like meetup group, sort of like the meetup rooms that you run with uh, Atheist Society in Knoxville. And then you do like breakup rooms and you'll stay there for like 10 minutes and then you meet together and then you break up again with a different group of people. And I did three sessions all together. First session, I was Kind of rusty with my ASA, I'll be honest with you, because I was just nervous and I knew I'd have to do a lot of introductions. And the topic that I jumped into was already ongoing. And so they were talking about pet peeves and they're like, what's your pet peeve, Ty? And so I'm like, I don't know the sign for pet peeve. So I asked them to spell it. And I was like, pet peeves? Are we talking about pet peeves? They're like, yeah. And then I was like, I don't know what really bothers me. <laughs> I live my entire life trying to like shed away the things that do bother me and only having the things that I do like. So I was just like, uh, uh like what am i around bananas light bulbs do light bulbs bother me? like what can i say to like make myself seem normal and then uh that conversation was awkward but asl pretty good i was able to understand most of the people but the second ones i had a uh, much better time and i talked about the nature of like our where is where you're born defines you and like how can you determine the bias of your own upbringing and, and, and what's the best way to determine that for like the, anybody and like traveling helps a lot. They brought up traveling as a means to do that. I was like, that's a really good way to contrast where you are. Someone mentioned joining the military and realizing what you missed and what things are taken away from you in terms of like, oh, but I did like doing that, but I can't do it anymore. This is bizarre. Right. Um, and then the very last conversation we had was about gun control. This was in a different room and someone had mentioned okay, so who should own guns? And they say, in order to own guns, you should have to be in the military or at least have had military service. That's how you can earn having a gun. So if you're in the police office, if you're a police officer, you had to have done military training, been disciplined, and only you can own a gun. And I was thinking like, 
that's that is a that is a very interesting proposal. We had a really good topic of conversation. I know, I know, I'm I and my role wasn't to like really defend or endorse it. It was just to try to like really engage myself in some sign language and get to know people better in this new capacity. But I'd say this too: as a community, deaf people can't have a much smaller selection pool of people they can have very deep conversations with, and oftentimes they have to rely on a church to be the foundation of their community. So they are oftentimes very religious. And, and because of that, they don't have an opportunity to really critique like their beliefs a lot. There's not even a word for atheist in si- American sign language. You have to say not believing person. Like that's the word. It's three different signs you have to combine to say atheist. Like, what does you mean you're an atheist? Like I can spell it out and be like, I've heard of that, but I don't really know what it means. I'm like, ah, this is bizarre. So there are communities like how, there are communities that are worth reaching out to. Um, I'm going to try to continue to work harder to reach out to this community, but uh, we should just be mindful that not everyone is blessed <laughs> with being able to like reach out to friends like this. Larry, mm. what's up? Well, I, I taught a, a class, a combined class of deaf students from Knoxville School of Deaf and KCC, KCCD. And uh, we had, several it was a computer class and they didn't have certain signs like they didn't have a sign for carriage return well so we mm-hmm. took an r and we did this we like okay. did this kind of a semi like a, a return yeah uh we did a cursor with like a light you know like that okay. but we did this because okay. a cursor was blank so what you might do is create a sign for atheism right. uh what is what is a this a is this uh, yeah and then you can just do the this the sign for the atheist a with the circle around it sure yeah and, that'd be great yeah, we are, yeah we that's one, not so bad we that's not bad right publicize it <laughs> yeah that's not bad that's not bad i actually like that's that i'll think great. about that next time yeah all right so uh we got five minutes in this first half but i want to do a double dip in dualism and have scott lead us in that convo so how about could, hey larry would you be cool if we uh mark the show half a little bit early and then give us more time for the second half you ready? Sweet. Let's do it. Scott, we're going to get right into you after this half. Let's do it. Okay. All um, right. This is the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour on WOZO Radio 103.9 LPFM here in Knoxville, Tennessee. And we'll be right back after this short break.
Hello, welcome back to the second half of the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour on WOZO Radio 103.9 here in Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm Dr. Five, and this is Sunday, April 18th, 2021. Uh, let's talk about the Atheist Society of Knoxville just for a moment. Founded in 2002, we're in our 19th year. We've got over 1,000 members, and we have weekly Zoom meetings to keep our community going, as it were, at this time of COVID. You can find us online on Facebook or at meetup.com or Google simply by typing in Knoxville Atheist. By the way, if you don't live in Knoxville, you should still go to Meetup and search for a group, Atheist group, free thought group in your town. Don't find one? Start, Start one. one. That's right. Hey, if you want back where you want to pick up. Hey, we're going to do a double dip into dualism. And why I'm excited about this is because I wanted to have Scott in the original conversation. So, Scott, open doors, dualism. What's on your mind? What is All dualism? Right. We talked about what yeah. is dualism last week, George. Come on. Come on. Yeah, we did. We did. Don't look surprised. You, George, come, on, come on. Come on. <laughs> I'll, play, I'll give you the link to the video of you <laughs> explaining it to us. Explaining it. Scott. Yeah. Scott. Yeah. So just as a reminder, I would say uh, dualism, the way I understand it, is for some particular thing to have two fundamental kinds of categories or aspects of itself. And okay. more principle about itself. So like maybe in theology, you could say, you know, there's good and evil. There's God, and the devil. That's a kind of dualism. And in, you know, then there's the mind body problem. There's the mind and then there's the body. But it's Which all what we talked yeah. about last week. Mostly was the mind body dualism. Yeah. The identity <clears throat> issue with mind and body. So like, us versus the mind or my body. No, it's like is my, I'm on my mind or my, my body or are they. Are, is, are they, in fact, the same thing, or are they two different things, possibly? Right. Yeah, or is there two different aspects, at least, to it, you know? So it, it's kind of an endless debate. It's been going on for centuries, of course, and, and really, when it comes to consciousness science, there is oh, yeah. no consensus on that. That's but good what's, to remember. But what's your opinion? That's what we want to know. We, I think we discussed the general... Last week, we want to really know what individually we think about it. And right. that's what we took into the second half. Where, where are you on dualism? Are you convinced so, that? I would say that um, ontologically, I don't know. So, like, when I say ontologically, I mean metaphysically or whatever, like the grounding of it all. I, I don't know. I have no idea. But I can say that I observe a difference between behavior and experience like you know um if you step on my foot i say ouch that's a behavior yeah. mm. but then that says nothing about what's really going on in my brain it may not hurt at all i may just oh. be saying that or you know so there's a little difference there is a different aspect to the same thing going on so at least in that sense there's a dualism going on i think you could say um but if you're talking about well is there a soul like is there a uh this thing thing outside of the physicality i don't know if that's the case i don't think that it seems like i have any reason to think there is um but there is this odd little there is the there is these conceptual gaps though that's the problem and i think we have a my a philosopher of mine called uh david chalmers who's made 
this, uh, he's kind of coined the phrase, the hard problem of consciousness, hmm. which basically highlights that conceptual gap that, you know, yeah, we have a brain, we have neurons, we have that interaction. That's all easy stuff. We can easily correlate those things. Nobody, even a dualist would, would go along with that. That's part of dualism to say, yeah, there's the brain. If you, if you affect the brain, it's going to affect the experience. Nobody cares about that. That's the easy problem. The hard problem is why is there an experience in the first place? Like, why okay. is it necessary for there to be an experience? Yes. Let's the normal experience of consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like both my mind and my body have different dialogues within me. Right. And I can wake up in the morning with my alarm clock going off. And my body's like, I want to sleep more. But my mind's like, you got to wake up and go to work so that we can afford to keep this alarm clock working. But <laughs> 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 it's like, screw the alarm clock. Let's just keep sleeping. And I can hear, I either I am part of that conversation and I'm one of those identities or I'm listening to this conversation take place between, with that, and I'm just like a spectator in it. But I, mm. I, I have felt and heard or experienced that dialogue. And I'm like, which one of these is me or are they both me? And, but they are very much at odds with each other. They don't feel like they are, uh, compatible identities. They just feel like mind, body arguing with each other. And then the the overlay, the Venn diagram overlay of that is my is me, the identity of myself. So mm -hmm. I I the question of like why do we even have those experiences in the first place might be a really, really interesting question. Like why do we talk to ourselves? Why can't we just behave automatically and get the things that we need to get done done? What is the value of this inner thought process that we seem to develop, maybe evolutionarily speaking? Right. Uh, could, could it be like, could all of this stuff go on in the dark, so to speak? Like, you know, if we have if we create computers yeah. that, you know, run algorithms and do things, do those things. Do we think those things have to have an experience to go along with it if we assume that they do not? then why do we have an experience that goes along with our computing and algorithms that we run in our brain? And a lot of people will kind of uh, contradict themselves and say, well, evolution saw it fit to give us experience because it kind of motivates us to avoid pain and go towards what feels good. Mm. But then again, we can create computers to do the same thing there's no real necessity there and then some people would argue well maybe it's a byproduct like you know kind of like um you know um we have an appendix it has no real function it just kind of comes out of the evolutionary process but then that opens Scott, up a lot of questions too though you know if you don't want me interjecting george wants to <laughs> yeah. ask something then dread then like <laughs> george, <what do> you <laughs> want to... okay sorry george. well george, my first question my first question is when tyrone's cat asks himself this question what hmm. answer does he give himself and my second question is does tyrone's cat even care my my cat has a name but yeah, I never. I don't know if that's I right. don't know what your cat's <laughs> name sorry, is. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's Vinny. It's Vinny. Vinny? It's Vinny. Yeah, Vinny. Like my cousin Vinny. I love it. Yeah, okay. it's great. Yeah, it's my cat Vinny. Yeah. Uh, who knows? I don't know what my cat thought processes are. We don't. We'll never know. Mm. Unless we put our electrodes in his brain, you know. And even then, we just tell us it would only tell us what the electrodes tell us. It wouldn't necessarily tell yeah. us the actual experience. You can put electrodes in my brain and still not know what I'm thinking. Who knows? Dread. What do you got? 
Uh, well, I was just going to follow up to Scott there to, to say that there's actually a growing body of uh, uh, research that indicates that um, our body knows what it's going to do before our brains do. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? That, uh, yeah. You know, the, the different monitoring gadgets uh, and electrodes planted in the brain, e ECGs and fMLRs or F functional MRIs. Mm. Um, are are showing uh, where different activity is being fired up in anticipation, like milliseconds or microseconds right. or whatever, uh, before we actually perform the action that we think we're doing a volition. Yeah, like uh, the cognitive yeah. experience is very much, I'm thinking things that I've already figured out. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so like yeah. that response, that, I already knew I was going to make that response before I can make the words to make the response. It's exactly. And, and this is always, and this, certainly this is my, my problem with the idea of dualism, is that it, it actually precludes the idea that there's a homunculus inside my body that's, you know, kind of watching the Cartesian screen, like Daniel sure. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. talked about, the Cartesian theater. But the, then the suggestion goes like the Russian nesting dolls is that who's the homunculus within the homunculus. And, and that just, <laughs> and that just goes on forever. <laughs> on and on and on, right. It goes on and on and on. Yeah. 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 It's the inside out problem. Uh, and it, and it, it points to dualism though, in a way, some would argue because it would say, well, you're kind of detached from the physical processes that are coming up before you're aware of the decision you made. It's almost like, seconds after your body has done this thing there's this other thing called an experience that that confuses the two hmm. that says i made a decision scott i'd like to get larry's response and then you can get everybody's larry what was the thing you wanted to say well i think it, i think you say why do we have these experiences i think it's a uh, survival value. Uh, we have these actual detached thought processes that we can run through our, that run scenarios through our minds before mm. we actually experience those scenarios to mm. hopefully uh, take us to some kind of objective or um, end where we can see that it's going to end badly or good. Right. Um, what really concerns me or really makes me wonder is what about the uncontrolled virtual experiences that we have in dreams? I mean, that's another whole world. we got all exactly. these experiences while we're waking, and we have virtual experiences while we're thinking about it. But then we have yeah. these uncontrolled virtual experiences and dreams, which mm -hmm. uh, can I, go I in any direction at all. <laughs> yeah. I would recommend a really good book I just finished reading. It's uh, from Paul Davies, who's a, a astrophysicist. Um, it's called Demon in the Machine. And it's, and it's really a, a, a stab at... Um, uh, trying to figure out what the uh, what the source of consciousness is, and 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 that it may be based on uh, a reality around information or a dimension of information. It's it's very very provocative. I would mm. highly recommend it. Okay, definitely, Scott. I'd love to get your feedback on this. So, like the idea of what Larry is saying is it is this a conversation that we're having with ourselves just a survival mechanism, or is it you know so are we just voicing things that we've already processed, but are trying to maintain like sanity by giving it like a dialogue and can cats do it too? Can my cat do it? <laughs> yeah, right. Take your so 
I was um I can only appeal back to people that know more about this stuff than me. So I, I read like a lot of stuff. There's a book from um Donald Hoffman and um he's like a neuroscientist and university professor in Irvine, California, by the way. And um he has a unique perspective. But yeah, he says that consciousness is um a survival technique and it's for procreating and um, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, passing on our genes. So he says that in evolution, we did not evolve to know the truth about the world or the ontological reality, but to know how we can pass our genes on to the next um, generation. So right. he gives examples of like, uh, I think like beetles and some thing where they're a certain color, like a kind of a goldish, tannish color, and they their conscious experience is of this color and that's how they mate and procreate because they see other beetles of this color then they know to go mate with that beetle but they did an experiment they they put down uh beer bottles which are the same color as these beetles and they found that all the beetles got onto the beer bottle and tried to mate with it <laughs> so the consciousness didn't get them the truth but it gave them just enough to try to pass their genes on within their environment. So this kind of shows that that consciousness, the function of consciousness is to kind of lead you into uh, what's going to be better for your species. As for the dream thing, what Larry was saying, that kind of um, reminded me of what Sam Harris said one time. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Sam Harris was like... Because Eric isn't here. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Harris said, I think he said, um, what what's really odd is how, how can I have a dream about a joke and I catch the punchline and think it's funny? Like if it comes from me, then why would I find the joke funny? Or why would I like find something novel about that within my journey? Sure. sure. Hmm. So it's kind of weird, but he sometimes <laughs> never says anything particularly great. <laughs> <laughs> he just says things slowly that people are like, Oh wow. Sam Harris said that, but it's like, yeah. think. He's the Bruce Springsteen of people who are saying things on in front of mics. And it's like the thing that bothers me the most is Bruce Springsteen has a podcast with Barack Obama. It's called something like Rebels or something like that. And it's like the conversation is like you're talking to Barack Obama, the president of the United States, Nobel laureate, you know, Peace Prize winning, strongest person or most powerful person in the world. You play a guitar. Yet you're talking as if, yeah, we both did cool things, didn't we? Yeah, it was pretty awesome when you did a cool thing and I did a cool thing. It's like, we're basically the same person, right? It's like, no, you are not. Don't, yeah. don't even pretend. And I feel yeah, like yeah. there's a lot of that from people. Anyway, that's my little soapbox mm. getting off of it. Yeah, I think dualism is an interesting concept, especially with that idea of like, what's the value of it since we do it all the time? Dread, I have a question. I was I was going to uh, just mention uh, another book I've read uh, by Daniel Kahneman, who um, is a uh, very prestigious uh, neuroscientist uh, who has this book called Thinking Fast and Slow. And he talks about system one and system two kinds of thinking. Yeah. System one being the one that's, you know, uh, you know, very reactionary, uh, instinctual, and that the other one is the slow thinking so that it actually happens after the system one thinking has already transpired. And so yeah. it, it was, it's a very interesting because that gives you the sort of sense of dualism, but it's actually 
a process that's being undertaken by your brain because that's how the brain is constructed. That's how yep. the brain works, right? Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. a natural a natural function of it. I follow. George? Um, you know, I'm I'm thinking about the relationship between these concepts and the situations that are troubling us in the world today. Uh, we, we got a lot of really severe problems going on, I, th- I feel. Can we apply any of this knowledge to dealing with the troubles that are facing us? You know, the the potential for the planet to burn up, the political um, leanings that are emerging in different societies and different countries around the world toward authoritarianism. How do we uh, get a message of sanity out into the populace when they're listening constantly to a different drumbeat through different media. So George, I'd like to touch on what you're saying because I think that touches on why I personally think dualism exists. Mm-hmm. I kind of touches also on what Larry was saying, but it's more pessimistic in a way, but also still valuable. So I think we have these cognitive conversations with ourselves not so that we can construct models or evolutionarily the value of it came from not from trying to figure out ways to 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 procreate or or, or like find like ways to improve prove our life or get like benefits. It was to avoid bad things that hadn't happened yet. So like if you mm-hmm. almost get, for example, in a car accident, like say you just barely skipped past it, you didn't get in a car accident, you're still on the road. The like the car swerved past you, you are fine. But in your head, you can process, huh, I almost got in a car accident. Why did I almost get in a car accident? Did I make sure the light was running? No, I was on my cell phone. I need to make sure I'm not on my cell phone because I can get in car accidents. You're having these conversations separately. All the time. Yeah. Almost constantly. as a way of looking back of like, was there a tiger really in that bush? Maybe I should Do I assume the Russell is a predator or do I assume yeah. it's the wind? Because now, I'm thinking the saying. people with the wind are not going to be the ones that survive. Now, just to finish this up, to touch on what George was saying, uh, like, hey, the temperature is getting hotter. I'm not on fire yet, but why is the temperature getting hotter? Why is there more pollution in the ocean? Why are okay. there more plastic And I'm thinking, I'm thinking of, of the psychology of the society that's around me. Yes. As I, yes. as I speak right now, a different kind of dualism, perhaps, but it's a mental process that divides people into us and them. But, we, but I feel like that is... That is the that is the application of the topic that we are dealing with right now, which is why are we having these conversations? It's because evolutionarily we developed this for danger recognition. And so when we are having these kinds of conversations, these dualistic sort of like what's wrong that will be wrong in the future, what's going on wrong now that will be a bigger problem later on, that is our core and it touches all of our fear and like, you know, uh, adrenaline and hormonal stress. Uh, triggers, I feel like it's that is because this dualism process that we go through is for recognizing dangers and trying to avoid them or at least inform ourselves of the danger so that we can come up with a better mm-hmm. means of behavior. Because otherwise, okay. we will continue yeah. to be stressed out by them. And I can guarantee yes. you, I, I can at least guarantee, at least this is my final point, should we solve the problems that we are currently aware of right now, we will find additional problems 
to to supplement of course that of that course. biological thing because it's core to who we are as organisms right at this point it's not just a mm. oh there's a problem let's fix it now there's no problems it's what's the next thing we need to look for because that's a part of, that's a mechanic in your brain that's constantly looking for things to be recognized as danger and try to improve it because that's mm. evolutionarily beneficial for us to constantly improve but that's yeah a great I point think, great point because I think the brain doesn't know the difference between real situations and simulated situations. Sometimes just remembering a bad traumatic uh, moment can be just as bad. You relive that. You're moment. in my head right now. Yeah, yeah. you're absolutely. Yeah, I feel like there's so much truth to that. Your brain does have problems. Like, oh, remember that time? It's like, why are you remembering? Why are you? <laughs> why are you reminding me of that right now? I'm shaving, and that was like 16 years ago. It's like, yeah, you farted in third grade. It's like everybody farts, <laughs> man. It's like, remember that? What's going on? Yeah. Remember that time you ate birthday cake and the thing fell off your spoon and it was like, oh, you're wrecking my whole day. What, what is that? Why would you do that, brain? It's like, just letting you know where you are in life. That's right. <laughs> Bring you back down to earth. Yeah, don't get too cocky. It's beneficially for you to, to recognize. You know, and how do, I, how do I talk with my neighbor across the street? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, when, when, he, when he espouses racist BS at me. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. You're you know, safe. You slid. But I mean, I mean, the, you know, the, the, the monkey on my back is just yelling at me constantly right now. How do we save the planet? How do we? Right. You know, um, you have the, a monkey on your back saying that and you have a lizard in your brain saying like, <laughs> just, how do I, what can I kill? Just tell me what to kill and what we can eat and what we can have sex with. I, that's the only thing I can hear. Yeah, right. yeah, the and then you have you. And then you just have you in the front prefrontal cortex being like, what's going on with all these monkeys and lizards? I, yeah. I, got, I got to do work. What's going on over here? I'm just trying to walk. See, see the, the, um, the dualism in my mind, in a way, is I'm looking at a dualism in, in the society, in the country around yeah. me, is that the people I'm, I like to hang out with are people who uh, take pleasure in our differences yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, in mm -hmm. in in all the different experiences that each of us bring to the table mm. from our own backgrounds, yeah. our own ethnicities, our own, you know, religious upbringing, whatever. And and I'm I'm opposing this in my mind to people who just see all of this as a threat. Right. I mm -hmm. and, and my last. So that's a different kind of dualism, right? It's yeah, a different kind of dualism. Yeah, different yes, kind. Of course. And I'd actually touch on this. I'd say, you know, very way back when we used to solve every problem by eating the thing that bothered us or killing the thing that bothered us, right? <laughs> like that was the solution to every problem. It was like, is Ugg bothering you? Just kill Ugg. What are you doing? Just move on. But now <laughs> we are rapidly developing societally, but not so much biologically, such that we still have hangups from you know, you know, caveman times thousands of years ago as part of like our mental functions. And this new idea of people living with each other, respecting everybody and treating them how they want to be treated and understanding that they're not going to think the same way you're going to think that that's okay. As long as you can figure out means of working together in a, in a productive society, that is not a new, that is a, not a thing that we are physically prepared for. It is a thing that we have to teach people very much in many senses of the way like this is how you conduct yourself in society this is why you're going to public school so <laughs> you can get in a couple of fights and realize 
punching hurts people and getting <laughs> so yeah. you don't become a little monster you gotta you gotta know where you are in life you're not very strong you're fragile you gotta understand that and then um i feel like just overall we're having these conversations now we're documenting them but if we are around say fifty thousand years from now i think this will be these videos like this will be very interesting because the evolved humans will look back and be like, what are they talking about? I had a conversation with myself saying I was upset. It's like, why didn't they just push the button to make them happy and resolve everything and ask the computer to figure out everything for them? It's just like, uh. because back then we didn't have that. We just had this. This is the most powerful thing we had. And this wasn't perfect yet. And so we had to, there are some weird evolutionarily hangups and hooks. But for the most part, we're making do with what we got. And I think as long as we know that they're processes and not reality, like as, as long as we understand the models to construct society and, and figure out how to treat people better and not reality as it is, and that we can improve this process, I think we'll come out of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, ironically, um, you know, talking to my, my, uh, Zen Buddhist friend from years ago, um, he, of course, you know, in Buddhism, they don't believe in dualism. You know, they, they don't even believe in a self. They, they think that the self and dualism and all that kind of stuff, free will, all that illusion. kind of stuff is um, illusion. And so they also believe in the principle of compassion. And so they say that this sort of dualism, this sort of separ separation of mind, body, this kind of philosophy um, increases less compassion mm. instead of more compassion. They said when you kind of see everything as a one, a oneness, then you kind of want to increase the because really in, in their philosophy, it's all about experience, you know, human experience that, you know, that's what that's what we're aiming for and trying to make better. Yeah. So you have principles of well-being, principles of suffering, um, dis disattachment, things like that. So Buddhism has the idea of like the biggest illusion that exists is separation. Because like right. really everything's one thing. And so you have a vested interest in, in treating things around you well. Correct. Correct. And I can understand that logic as well. I do think it's kind of cool that the material that needed to make my body was here mm -hmm. even at the beginning of the universe and will mm -hmm. still be here well after right. I'm done. It's just mm -hmm. arranged differently. So like at that point, it's just like I was here since the beginning. It doesn't feel mm -hmm. as scary anymore. So like, yeah, it's, I have an invested interest in this universe because I'm a part of it. Yeah. Regardless that's of the, the karma, the karma. Yeah. Back to no, that's not the karma. That's, <laughs> just, that's, just, that's just particles in space, and I'm fine. That's right. Hey, go into we're, we're getting close to the end, Dread. I want you to keep me updated on this headband uh, shenanigan. The second you get your clearance card, let me know because that's right. cool. Cause, Absolutely, you bet. Because yeah, no, the whole the, the whole past fairy community around the world is uh, we're all watching each other, so they're certainly yeah. watching this. So yeah, I'll definitely Here, share. Here's my thing. Slightly bigger headbands each time. Just slightly. <laughs> <laughs> Until it turns into a turban. Right. It's like, look at this picture. You, you approved this last time. You're saying one millimeter bigger and you're not right. going to let me get it. What, what exactly. are you saying? What are you saying? You let the Christian get through. Sounds Come on. pretty arbitrary to me. Yeah, yeah it sounds pretty bad. Sure. The camel nose yeah. under the tent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Scott, safe travels. I hope your cousin's doing well. I hope you have a good time. Thanks for teaching. Oh, I've already been. That was last weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just hope, you know, it's a, it's a, yeah. oh, if you travel again in the future, I hope your cousin's health stays well. You know, oh, we're still you. in a pandemic, you know, like yeah. traveling yeah. and health is. I like, got vaccinated. Crazy, right? I'm supposed to travel next month to uh, Cancun, Mexico. 
Nice, nice. So I had to get vaccinated. So I got my vaccine was done last month. So well, yes, my mom just got her second vaccination. So I'm really happy about that too. Yeah. How old are uh, you, Scott? Uh, fifty-three. Okay, no, I'm fifty-six, and I'm probably still two months out. That is ridiculous. Come to America. We'll, we'll, we'll get you shot up. George, what's something that you'd recommend we check out before next week? This here, this is great coffee. <laughs> coffee. 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 This, this coffee. stuff is really, really good, and it's very affordable. Larry and I were talking about coffee, and uh, I just want to recommend this stuff as, as a wonderful espresso. So for our listeners, what are you holding? Are you I am a holding kickback? a bag of Pilon, P-I-L-O-N. It's in a brick, and it's very easy to find. Mm. It's a, a great espresso coffee, Cuban-style coffee. Ooh. Very cool. Ready Looks like it's in a very nice. dried container. Nice. Yeah, and I'm I'm used to really good coffee, and this stuff, you know, really uh, is, is worth it. <sighs> nice. I have my opinions on how we have normalized certain psychoactive ingredients as like a a common thing. <laughs> But yeah. I will hold it until next meeting. Maybe we'll talk about that because I feel like we okay. just normalize some things. That are just like, hmm, come on, guys. Larry, <laughs> I'll tell you this, Larry. I really, really, really wanted to know what uh, this thing called atheism was. Oh. And I found a book about what it's all about. <laughs> it's called the Bible. Have you ever heard about it? It says basically all atheists are going to hell. And I feel like Man. this tells me everything about what atheism is all about. Yeah, is there any other... Says but I'd love the second opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love the second opinion. Is there any other book out there for me? You know, 8 a.m. on Sundays, Mind Pirate. Me, oh, Mind sorry. Pirate, got to check them out. Yeah. Mind, P-Y-R-A-T. Yeah. What kind of time? What kind of time on Sunday? Eastern, oh, Western, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Central? It's, it's 8, 8 a.m. Pacific time. 8 a.m. Pacific. Okay, Pacific. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, my book is called Atheism, What's It All About? And it's available on Amazon. Um, uh, you can go to my my uh, website, though, and read most of the contents. It's digitalfreethought.com. Be sure to click on the blog button. Uh, we have archives of our atheist songs, radio shows, uh, this blog, I mean, uh, many articles on the subject that are in my book, and actually more that are on the, the Digital Freethought blog. If you have any questions for this show, you can send them to askanatheist at knoxvilleatheist.org. We'll answer them on future shows. If you're having trouble leaving your religious beliefs behind, having emotional troubles, uh, physical or whatever, uh, you can go to recoveringfromreligion.org for help. And uh, if you're facing abuse or something, I'm sure that they can uh, point you in the right direction. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. This has been the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. Remember that everybody is going to somebody else's hell. The time to worry about is when they prove that heavens and hells and souls are real. Until then, don't sweat it. Enjoy your life. And we'll see you here next week at 7 o'clock on WZO Radio in Knoxville, Tennessee. See you later. Say bye, everybody. Bye, bye everybody. everybody. Bye.